Gentlemen, welcome to episode 084 of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray De La Nuez, and this is still the podcast for good men who want to live epic lives. Every week I show up with legendary guests who help me bring to you the best content out there on masculinity. And this week's episode is brought to you by MasterMyPurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God-given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men, and march into action right now, then make sure that you head over to MasterMyPurpose.com for your free 21-day guide to a purpose-driven year. Join the army of men already marching in new direction and purpose. Again, that's MasterMyPurpose.com. And if this is the first time that you're joining us, make sure that you subscribe so that you won't miss another life-changing episode. Gents, my guest this week is Kyle Thompson. Kyle is the founder of Undaunted Life, an organization equipping men to push back darkness. He's also the host of Undaunted Life podcast, which produces content specifically designed for guys like you, for men, rugged Christian men looking for ways to improve as a man. Gents, enjoy this week's interview with Kyle Thompson. Hey, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, brother. Happy to be here, Ray. Thanks for having me. Bro, if you can go back about a decade, give yourself 60 seconds to give the best advice as you possibly can. You're going to disappear. What would you say to that guy? Yeah. So a decade ago, I'd be 25 years old. At that point, I was already married for a few years. Um, And I mean, there's things I would say like, hey, invest in Bitcoin. Or, you know, like just random crap like that, like that, that would be kind of something it's like, you know, buy all of it that you can get. But around that time as well as whenever I graduated with my MBA, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do, Uh, but everything kind of comes with a season and every change you make comes with a cost. So call that butterfly effect, call that whatever you want. But, um, the thing for me is just remain consistent, um, consistent in how you, evaluate your relationships, consistent in how you treat your spouse, consistent in how you study the Bible, consistent in how you exercise. Cause that's the thing that kills people. That's what you and I were talking about off air is consistency absolutely murders whatever you're trying to do. And it's so much like, think about just being in shape. It's like, it's so much harder to get in shape as opposed to staying in shape. There's nothing yeah. fun for like, especially for, for me, I don't like working out. It's just, I have to, it's like something, it's like a duty. And so I really, aside from you know, Hey, Zig here or Zag there, you know, I've had a lot of uh, mishaps and, you know, mistakes that I've made along the way, especially in the last decade, but it just kind of is what it is. You got to roll with it. Wow. So at that time, right. So decade back, do you feel like you were pretty consistent in your, in your life? Were you having a hard time with it? What what was happening in your life around that? I'm a little bit of an alien. I I've, so again, come coming back to exercise, because I think everybody can understand that because you're either consistent with it or you're not. There's no in between. I've been consistently exercising since I was like 15 or 16 years old. And that's Sick. not sports. So I'm not I'm not considering sports as as exercise. Like I haven't taken off two weeks like, unless I've been injured. Right. So a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. I'm going to take, you know, a couple of weeks off, you know, recovery, whatever. Like I've taken at most like a week off, really like week to yeah. 10 days at any point since I you know, like for more than half of my life for like the last 20 yeah. years. And so for, for me, that, that consistency is just there. It's just part of who I am. I can yeah. just direct it and point it at something. So right now in this season, I'm having to read a lot of books. I've got a lot mm-hmm. of interviews coming up. I got to read like eight or nine books in the next three weeks. I'm yeah. not a fast reader. Reading is not my favorite thing, but that's one of the ways that knowledge can get into my brain. And right. so it's like, all right, well, I just, 
Well, I could sit here and watch television for the next two hours, or I can read, or, you know, I play a game with myself. Okay. I can read for an hour. Then I can watch, you know, poker for an hour. I can, you know, read for an hour and a half, and then I can go for a walk and like that type of a thing. But the thing about it is is everyone tries to overcomplicate and over like philosophize things. Right. So again, using the workout example, you know, they're wickedly out of shape and, you know, maybe they, they want to get better at, uh, they want to have a faster 5k or be able to run a 5k, whatever that is. And so they'll spend all this time, you know, researching shoes, like what's going to be best for their, their foot. Like, do I supinate? Do I pronate? And then they're going to read about what time of day is it most optimal using, you know, uh, if I eat elk meat versus if I eat pomegranates and you know, what's, what's the best (laughs) pavement to run on and should I trail run? Should I blah, blah. And what these people never do, right. You know where I'm going with this is they never just yeah. put on their damn shoes and go for a run. Never and just so, get started. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you, you just got to go like, you'll figure it out as you go. If you start getting some runners injuries and stuff like that, you got to make some adjustments. Maybe you got to get an orthotic. You're going to find that out tens, if not hundreds of miles down the road. So freaking get after it already. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so good. And I think there's some guys listening that are like, yeah, I, I, I know that that's true but I'm not like you, right? Like I don't have those genes in me to just naturally Uh, say that I've just been consistent. So what do you got to say to that guy? No, like the, the thing you can control is consistency, like Mm. control the controllables. So here's the thing. Um, you know, whatever your sport is, maybe it's basketball, maybe it's baseball, maybe it's wrestling, jujitsu, whatever. You can't control the other team's level of preparation. You can't control their mindset coming into the game or into the match. You can't control any of that. All you can control is yourself. And so for me, if I waltz into a jujitsu tournament and I haven't been rolling hard and I haven't been training and I haven't been working on my technique and I go in there against somebody that's just as athletic as me, just as strong as me, just as all those things, but they're, they got better gas tank or their technique is sharper and something like that. I shouldn't expect to win that, win that match or win that tournament. Like it's just not really going to be in the cards for me. But if I run into a killer, that's just better than me. Mm-hmm. Right. Then it is what it is. But if I've, I've put in all the effort to make sure my cardio is on point, to make sure my strength is on point, to make sure my technique is on point, to make sure my timing is on point, And I just get beat, dude, I can super duper live with that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So like all these guys, like they want to say, Oh, I'm not this, or I'm not that bro. I'm five foot 10, 195 pounds. I have some mm. general, like, like basic <laughs> gifting when it comes to athletics, but not yeah. crazy. Right. I, I I've, trained with some genetic freaks over time, like absolute, like crazy freaks. And I'm just not that. But what I have over a lot of those people is I got a dog in me and that dog is angry and hungry. And I've got like a very healthy inner F you. And so it's just like, Hey, if it gets down to it and it's, you know, again, going back to the jujitsu example, if it's a scramble, and whoever wins a scramble wins this match. I'm going to out dog you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of my, my mindset. It's like, you know, I'm going to not quit. I'm going to push the pace. I'm going to do those types of things. That's not a skill set that you're born with necessarily. That's good. Right. That's good. You callous your mind over years and years and years of making the decision to do the harder thing, to do the extra round, to run an ex, you know, sprint an extra 10 meters after you already ran a hundred. It's that mindset of constantly telling yourself, I got a little bit more, let's push it. We really do ourselves a disservice because we think that there is some complicated game plan, some training regimen, some kind of book out there that's going to finally teach me how to become the man that I've actually always wanted to be, you know, a self-motivated, consistent, disciplined guy. But I think from what, everything you're saying, from what I'm gathering, gathering here, it's, it's just a step 
and then another step and another decision and another decision. And over time, you start building a history. There's a common denominator in these people. So if you, if you took out a five year chunk of their life and they're looking for that book, they're looking for that philosophy, they're looking for that beach body workout program. They're looking for whatever, right. For that, for that hobby, that physical hobby, that's going to get them going. There's the common denominator of them. They are the person in all Mm. these scenarios. Right. That's good. And, and so uh, like that, that's the thing is they're looking outside themselves for the answer. And like the answer is there the whole time, not to get super like Eastern new agey, but the answer yeah. is within you, brother. It's within you. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that, that's, that's the thing. Like COVID was a huge excuse for people. Oh, my gym shut down. Like people ask like telling me like, Hey, I have a home gym. Uh, you know, I've done that. I've worked out alone basically my entire life. I love working out in my home gym. That's great. I didn't have to worry about gold's gym shutting down, down the street, but all these people are like, what am I going to do? I was like, what do you mean? What are you going to do? Yeah. Like, how, how about you use the human body and mother earth to get after it? When I moved into go. my new house, I built a house about five years ago and I didn't have my gym set up yet. I didn't have the power rack. I was waiting for it to come in. You know, I didn't have my pull up bar. I didn't have any of those things. So I'm like, man, if I wait until I get all my stuff in, like that's going to be like a month without pull-ups. I don't want to like start that train over. Like I've gotten yes. so consistent with this. And as a Marine, you understand there was a tree in my neighbor's yard that had a branch about that big around for those of you yeah. just listening to this it's maybe, you know, 10 inches in diameter and the branch came straight out horizontal to the ground. <laughs> what perfect. do you think I did? <laughs> that's where I did my pull-ups. Yeah. And I'm new to the neighborhood. People are driving by like, what in the world is this guy doing? Does he live here? And, but right. that's the thing is like for that three or four weeks before I was able to get my equipment in, I stayed on the path. I stayed consistent. Most guys are not willing to do that. They get a little bit of adversity. They get a little injury or they, they get a little setback at work or their wife's like, are you going to the gym again? Or whatever the, the scenario is. And that's yeah. their excuse to not work out for the rest of their life. Man, I think you said the word, it's the E word. It's the, it's the, the ugly E word. And I mean, I I'm full of them. I was late to this conversation here twice, twice late to this Mm. conversation. And guess Mm. what? I am jam full of excuses. If only Mm. he knew, right. All of the circumstances that I had facing me this morning, then he would finally understand. (laughs) I would, I would just like, you know, tell you, I have all this empathy for your situation and it would all be fine, but too bad. I don't have any of that in me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. No, you're and man. It's so true. Right. We get, we put up these excuses and we say, well, surely, you know, my wife wants me to be here. Right. And she needs me right now and we need to do this or surely, you know, I'm, I'm expected to be here. And so therefore I have to, you know, actually we layer excuses, right? So I can't go to the gym right now because I can't be sore for tomorrow because the day after I actually have something else going on that I need to be really fresh for. And (laughs) and we, we have technology helping us with excuses now, Ray, in a lot of ways, but a lot of people are wearing like these, these workout wristbands. Like I'm, I'm just, just a watch, just a G-Shock watch. But a lot of guys are wearing these like trackers, like, Oh, it's tracking their heart rate and it's tracking their sleep and it's tracking their oxygen levels and you know, how big their penis is or whatever. That's what it's just tracking. (laughs) It's tracking all day long. Here's the problem is guys will wake up and they'll look at their watch for permission as to whether or not they're going to work out that day. Wow. They're going to look at their watch and they're like, oh, I'm under recovered. Looks like I need a rest day, week, yeah. month, life. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I've never 
like I've, I've been curious about these like risk trackers and all that. I was like, I want to know how much I toss and turn when I sleep. I want to know how right. recovered I am. But I remember when Dustin Poirier, uh, a UFC fighter at 155, he was on the Joe Rogan experience and Joe Rogan asked him like, Hey, do you have a whoop strap? Do you have a this? Do you have a that? And he's like, nah, man. And Joe's like, what do you mean? You're like, you're such this, you know, perfect athlete and all these different things. Why don't you want that? And he goes, yeah. He's my, like, he basically said something along the lines of like, so if I look at my watch and tells me I'd need to take a rest day, does that mean I just don't get after it? I can't train jujitsu. I can't do all those things. It's like, I got work to do. Right. And so there are days, Ray, you know, I'll deadlift in the morning. I'll do pull-ups. You know, I'll take my dog on a walk in the afternoon. I'll go do two hours of jujitsu at night. And when I wake up the next morning, I am beaten up. I'm destroyed. Hard rounds. Deadlifts is not easy workout. Pull-ups are not easy. All that stuff. Right but it's time to work out. Yeah. I woke up. That's right. Like it's time to get after it. And so within reason, obviously, like if you're working out every single day for years on end, like you, your body will break down. Most people are not anywhere close to that. Most people are not anywhere, even in the ballpark of their body, absolutely falling completely apart if they work out today. Yeah. But that, but that's the thing is that's what we think. We read a recovery blog and now it's like, ah, I need to, you know, work out once a month. Right. And that's just what I'm going to do. Like it's yeah. no, it's just excuses. It's BS. And it, there will be more excuses that come. You just have to tell yourself no. Yeah. Well, you know, actually the correlation there is, you know, if consistency, right, this right decision leads to better right decisions, right. One step in front of the other, I think excuses only begets more excuses, right. As sure. you go into that, into that, right. So uh, one of the things that I pulled out initially from uh, when you just started talking about this it was momentum and how much momentum matters. And I think we, when we even look at a spaceship, you know, what it takes to launch from earth and into the atmosphere, how much fuel it requires just to get off the ground. But once that thing stops, starts dropping canisters of fuel, I, I know there's a different name for it, but I'm just going to call yeah. it canisters guys. Okay. Uh, once that thing stops, starts dropping off fuel, uh, all those empty gas tanks. Now it's a little lighter and it, it's actually much easier for it to break into outer space. Right. Mm -hmm. But initially, man, it needed a lot. And I think, okay, so some of the guys are listening. I was like, okay, I need to get started. I need to build momentum. So what do you have to say to that guy? Like what, what is your, Hey, tomorrow, this is what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, at risk of sounding like a broken record, it's like, do what tomorrow requires of you. I remember when Jocko mm-hmm. Willink, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know who Jocko Willink is, a uh, retired Navy SEAL and author, influencer, whatever. Uh, he used to be really active on Twitter and he would have these Q and A's. And I remember one time in particular, this was years ago, this guy asked him, he's like, Jocko, I'm having, I'm really struggling with pull-ups. I want to get better at being able to do more pull-ups. What advice do you have for me? Jocko's response was, do more pull-ups. Pull yeah. <laughs> like we don't need Love to it. talk any, any yeah. further, right? Like you yeah. want to get better at running, run more. You want to get better at yeah. pull-ups, like do, do more pull-ups. And the thing about it is, is with all these excuses and all this momentum, this is part of the reason, Ray, why I don't help people get in shape anymore. So okay. used to back in the day, you know, some fat friend of mine would come to me and be like, Hey Kyle, you know, I'm, I got to the top of a flight of stairs today. And, you know, I just, I was exhausted and I don't want to do that anymore. And like, I would get all motivated. I was like, all right, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's go get you some shoes. Like, let's make sure you you've got the right workout where like, uh, do you have a gym membership? Okay, here. And then I would program stuff out for them. And I would yeah. say, yeah, do this, do this, do this. And then like, this will be good. And then you, you know, we can get into the next step and blah, blah, blah. And then they do that for maybe a week, maybe Mm -hmm. a week, but they would never go beyond that. Right. And so for me, like there's one guy in particular that I'm thinking of, 
the last time he came to me, cause he's come to me several times over our friendship. Last time he came to me and said, uh, Kyle, I need your help. Like I'm scared. Like I'm, I'm way overweight. This guy's, you know, 350 pounds or whatever. Sure. I said, no. And he's like, well, what do you mean? No. I said, no, <laughs> the answer is no. What do you mean? No. He's like, what, what do you mean? I was like, go work out for six months consistently yes. and then go. come see me yeah. build that momentum. And then I will help you get to whatever that next level is. Yeah. Right. Cause you can change your life physically in six months. I mean, six months, B90X, you could do that twice, right? Like you could literally <laughs> do that back to back to back. You can completely revolutionize yeah. your entire life, but I'm not going to hold your hand. Like the number of guys that have asked me, like, I just had a guy a couple of weeks ago. I love him, but he's like, Kyle, can, can I come work out with you at your gym? No. Aside from the fact that that's my me time, you yeah. have a lifetime of bad decisions that have you know, compounded and compounded and compounded to get you to where you are today. That's good. No, I'm not going to constantly switch out my weight so that you can pretend you're working out with me. And then people will ask me silly questions like, Kyle, how can I be in shape like you? And I'm like, you can't be, you can't be. And I'm yeah. like, that, that. I'm not talking about me and how great and superior I am, but yeah. I've consistently worked out for over two decades. You haven't consistently worked out for any 20 day period in your entire life. Why in the world did you think you could be on the same level as me? Yeah. Like, you're going to just all of a sudden have the same explosiveness, like the same exactly. athleticism, the same flexibility, the same ability to recover the same cardio. Are you out of your mind? You think I'm going to give you this magic 30 day program. That's going to get you on this level. You got to do your entire life to get on this level. Like yeah. think about people that run triathlons. I'm sure the first time they tried to swim, <coughs> run and bike on the same day, it, it about killed them but they've been doing it so long. Their body is grizzled and gristled. It takes a lot of time. And so for all these people, I'm like, if it's too big of a task for you to, to be the in shape person, then just be the fat person. I don't care. Like you'll, you'll die quicker. And then there will be more food left for the rest of us. Right. Yeah. And so like, I know that's a really hard thing, especially coming from a Christian man to say that, but it's like, look, I can't make you care, Ray. Like yeah. I can't read a book and it end up in your brain. The knowledge can't end up in your brain. I can't do a bunch of pushups and your chest get bigger. I can't yeah. care enough for you. If you don't care, then I don't care. Man. It, and it does sound harsh only because we have this idea that because you call yourself a Christian, right? You're a Christian that you automatically now are supposed to embody these weak, uh, sort of attributes that like, Hey, you're just supposed to be graceful and accepting and forgiving and, and understanding. And so, you know, it, it's almost like we do ourselves this huge disservice by believing that because we are Christians or we're dealing with other Christians that we automatically get a certain amount of, you know, a buy, you know, I think the, the Christianese word for that is grace. I'm going to give mm. this person a lot of grace. They're really struggling right now. They're really having some problems. They're under attack. You know, the, the evil one is getting after them right now. Wow. And I understand all that. Wow. I understand it. I get it. Yeah. And the evil one is after him. And the evil one's also after you. Mm -hmm. And he's working through you to make sure that that person stays down, to make sure that person stays that way. Because you are too cowardly to tell that person, no, what you're doing is wrong. Right. Yeah. Like our churches are filled. Like, again, let's kind of pick on it again. They're filled with fat Christians, yeah. people that are not taking care of the one body that God gave to them as a gift, a body right. that Jesus paid for with his body. Right. 
Yeah. And so these people don't take themselves seriously. And I, I've had plenty of Christians, you know, come up to me and be like, ah, you really beat this being in shape drum. What do you think? You have to have big peps to bet pecs to be a Christian. And I'm like, no, but you're so unbelievably out of shape that you couldn't walk five miles without stopping or dying. Let's yeah. say that God has a mission for you. And I'm, I'm just painting a scenario. I painted before. And let's say that mission takes you to, uh, you know, I don't know, Uganda or something like that. Sure. And you're going to be doing work on water wells and, and helping people kind of get stuff together so that they can have water. But oop, all of the uh, four by four vehicles that we're going to be taking you back and forth between the wells and this city and that city, they're, they're out of commission. They're broke down. So you're going yeah. to have to walk five miles you know, both ways every single day just to do work for these people. And by the way, you're going to have to carry equipment. Now that's yeah. the calling. And guess what? God needs you to go tomorrow, but you're not ready. Yeah. You're not physically ready. <clears throat> There's no time to train. That's why I go back to, I love the story of Nehemiah, especially the first four uh, books of Nehemiah. So when Nehemiah rolls into you know Jerusalem, it's like, Hey, we need to rebuild these walls and get everything together. What he didn't say is like, okay, so starting tomorrow morning, we're going to do a 90 day program because we need you guys to have a shovel in one <laughs> hand and a spear in the other. So we need to do some self-defense training. Also, we yeah. need to make sure everybody knows how we can use a shovel. We got to get everybody's cardio and stuff up to snuff. Cause this is going to be a really, really hard tasks that we're going to start later. No, it was, Hey guys, work starts tomorrow. This is going to be hard work. We're building walls. We're carrying heavy things. And by the way, we're having to make sure that we defend our project because people are trying to destroy the project and us. So there's no, Hey, let's make sure we know how to use the spear. All right, let's, let's do a class on it real quick. These people were ready. (laughs) They were ready for work and they were ready for war. Most people aren't ready for either. And so a lot of people, especially in the church, were way too okay with, ah, man, I I know you looked at porn again, but ah, you know, grace. Or yeah, I know you cheated on your wife and that's a horrible thing, but ah, grace. Or I, I know you, you, you're still addicted uh, to pills. I know that you're still addicted to this thing. I know that you're still, you know, stealing money from the, from, you know, with taxation or, you know, embezzling from your company. I, I know all that, but, but grace. Yeah. You can't have grace without truth, right? You, you can't good. have the goodness of the father without the judgment of the father. You can't have those two things work in concert right. with one another. And so I think more Christians should stop worrying about trying to be nice and to not offend anybody and worry about being godly. Mm, I love it. I love it. And that man, there are guys right now that maybe you might not even be aware of how much you needed to hear that today. All right. You needed to hear that. And I think a lot of us need to wake up to this idea that no, we're not just here to just see how life is supposed to work for us and just consume, consume, consume. Right. And I'm not just talking about eating, but I'm just everything consume. Like, no, you're also meant to put out, to be ready, to be alert, to be of value. And you can't do that when the only thing you're doing is creating excuses, not doing anything about, you know, building self, uh, uh, sufficiency, being reliant, reliable, right. Being self-disciplined, um, again, consistency and building momentum. Now to, to shift gears a little bit here, Kyle, I want to hear a little bit more about undaunted life. Like what is it? Where does this come from? Why the name? What does it mean? Yeah. So, uh, undaunted life is something that I started back in 2017. Um, essentially it, it came to, you know, really, really condensing the story down, uh, around the time I became a Christian at the age of 15, uh, that was the same time that I was learning how to become a man. Right. Mm. And so the, the dichotomy that I had at the time was I thought the manly men were over here doing something and the godly men were in the church. 
but I didn't see godly, manly men. I didn't think that those two things could be together. And so as I'm learning to become a Christian, I'm learning to become a man and I'm seeing this dichotomy. And, um, in my early twenties, I guess it was like, man, this really sucks. Like, I don't, there's like people that are missing out on who Jesus is because his followers are so soft. And it's like, man, I don't really, I don't really align with a lot of these people. And a lot of these men, they're so squishy and soft, not just in their bodies, but in their personalities and in their spirits. And so I started, you know, doing some stuff with some men's ministries. And cause the thing with men's ministry, I say this all the time, men's ministry typically is just women's ministry repackaged for men. And so it's just, Hey, let's get you in a circle here. We're all going to read the you know same book and y'all just sit there and chat with each other and then come back next week and tell everybody how you sinned in the last week. And it's like, and that's all fine and well, but that's how women connect. Women connect eyeball to eyeball, whereas men connect shoulder to shoulder. And only after they've connected shoulder to shoulder and done something, will they be able to connect eyeball to eyeball? Most people don't understand that. And so I was doing stuff with some ministries and it was like, it was just, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. And so I, I launched out, uh, wrote a devotional for the U version Bible app that did incredibly well. People wanted more devotionals. I said, I can't do that. Uh, you know, I'd rather do a podcast. Cause like for me, I'd rather put five or six bullet points on the screen in front of me and just hit record and flow for the next 45 minutes. That's go. just kind of my style. Um, yeah. and so that's, that's really what we've done, but undaunted life as an organization, our mission is to equip men to push back darkness. That's why we're here. And the way that we do that is with content, like our podcasts, like our devotionals that help men equip or, you know, forge spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. And there's yeah. a whole lot as to why those three things, why resilience over strength, all those things. And if, if you're interested, we can get there, or we, you know, we'll go as time allows, but that's what we're here to do. Most churches are unwilling to equip men to push back darkness. They're willing to equip men and entertain them with a band and a smoke show and, you know, a, a sermon that's only 30 minutes long, never longer, uh, with a few, you know, few Bible verses sprinkled over a TED talk. Uh, basically, they're life coaches or they're CEO entrepreneurs as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, lead pastors. And they're just, they're not talking about real stories. They're not talking about, you know, racism in America and what Christians sh- should be feeling about that. They're not talking about, the opioid epidemic. They're not talking about a fundamentalist yeah. Islam. They're not talking about LGBTQ issues. They're not talking about critical race theory. They're not talking about these things that are affecting every day, especially Americans all the time. Yeah. And so here they are, they've got these flocks that are completely confused and don't know what to do. That's part of the gap that we're filling. And so we're talking about these subjects. We talk about abortion all the time on my podcast. I try to do everything yeah. I can to equip guys to be able to push back specifically on the arguments, the amoral arguments that occur from the pro-abortion side. Most pastors will mention abortion. They'll say it's wrong categorically, and then they won't equip their flock with how to, to give a reason for that. Um, and some people might be like, well, well, shouldn't we just focus on the gospel? Yeah, but Absolutely. The gospel has implications though. If you actually believe those things to be true, there are some things that are required of you because you don't just preach the gospel. Think about it. Like you're, you and I are walking down the street and we look down an alleyway and we see some woman being raped. Is that our opportunity to run over there, open up the new Testament and preach to that man? Is that what's Mm. required of us? I'm sorry. The Imago Dei is in the process of being defiled by some, you know, lunatic monster. In that moment, what's required us is to physically intercede to protect the Imago Dei, right? Yeah. Now let's preach the gospel to that man. Let's, let's pray for him. Let's hope that he gets saved. But in that moment, that's not what's required, right? We're in a post-Genesis three broken world and we need to break, we need to break somebody for the brokenness that he's perpetrating on the world, I guess you could say, but you know, just, I'm kind of getting off on my own, my own tangents here, but that's really what we're here to do is we're here to continue to equip men. That's going to grow as we move forward in the future with the podcast. We've got interviews, we've got, um, you know, stuff that's, that's really awesome that are great assets for people. We'll expand our offerings in the future, but that's essentially where we focus now. Okay. 
Okay. And I mean, when it comes to equipping men, right, rather than equipping the entire body, why are you focusing just on men? The thing about, again, most men's ministries are are not equipping men in any real way, but also inside the church. The majority of people that go to church are female. The majority of people that volunteer at church are female. The majority Facts. of people that do anything with the church are female. It's because Facts. our churches are incredibly effeminate. Um, yeah. We have these effeminate uh, people on stage singing these effeminate homoerotic songs. Uh, men are, you know, basically how they minister to the men is two or three times a year. They'll do a chili cookoff or an 8am prayer breakfast on Saturday, or they'll do some sort of a guest speaker (laughs) thing. And then, and then they just call it good, but they never focus on making the church man friendly. And so the thing is, is it's men that are called to push back darkness. Now women can push back darkness, but again, they're the weaker vessel. They should be protected in a lot of ways, not just physically, but also spiritually, emotionally, all those different things. They haven't an equal importance to God, but they have a different role entirely. And so it's, it's the charge of the men that to, to do these things, to push back the darkness. And part of the other thing is, is I've never claimed to be everything to everybody. Cause the moment you try to do that, like you're just a walking Walmart, like, well, what exactly are you looking for? But even there are people that aren't, satisfied with Walmart because they can't buy Gucci there, right? There, There's always yeah. a market that you're not going to hit. This is just my market. I tend to uh, attract the guys that are a little bit rougher around the edges, you know, current or retired military fighters, construction workers. Those are, those are kind of the guys that kind of like this audience or the guys that yeah. are just finally seeing the cracks in their church and wondering why are the men so effeminate? Why are they so broken? Why are they so emasculated? And again, that's my call. So there are great ministries out there for women. There are great ministries out there for effeminate men. This just isn't one of them. And obviously just this, this podcast being becoming men, you know, directed towards men, I'm right there with you. I think if we can equip, and this is my conviction, right? If I can equip one guy, I believe that that one guy can turn around and change his entire family. And when that man changes his family, that family can turn around and change a small community. That small community can turn around and change the larger community who can change the region, who can change the state, right? Like that, that is the model that I'm after. And while I might not be able to replicate my model, uh, you know, and make the millions of dollars, because, Hey guys, by the way, in case you're wondering, nobody ever did men's ministry to make millions of dollars. Um, it's just not there, right? So if, if my model was to make a bunch of money, I, I, I'm in the wrong business. I'm here to do one thing that Jesus called us to do, and that's disciple, right? Disciple well. Like I have a small core group of men who I'm coaching, right? I'm, I can't do, I'm maxing out, you know, and I'm at 10, right? Maxing out at guys because I'm trying to focus and pour in personally with these guys and coach and mentor and guide. Because I do, I really am under this conviction that like, man, if I can get this man equipped, he will change the world. He has the potential to change the world. So I, I definitely second you on that one. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, where you want to put your time and where you want to put your focus. That's just where I happen to put mine. Yeah. No, good call. Good call. Okay. So you're saying that, that you believe that the church is unwilling to equip men. What do you mean by that? They're either unwilling or or ill-equipped themselves. Um, okay. Part of it, I think, has a lot to do with pastors that just don't care that much about the men. They need sure. to keep enough of the men around so that they can keep the lights on through tithing um, yeah. and those different things. But ultimately, they don't really care about ministering to them. Part of it is because for, for generations now, uh, we've had these 
churches that have focused on the women. It started, you know, in my opinion, back with the world wars or even the industrial revolution, because all the strong, able-bodied men were not inside the church. They were dying in some foxhole somewhere. They were underground, you know, shaking hands with the devil so that they can, you know, get closer to mining that extra piece of coal so they can go home at the end of the day. And so the, the churches, you know, the only people left in the churches were the sick, the weekly, uh, you know, the, the young, the old. And so yeah. the, there wasn't really that strong virile manhood that kind of kept a through point into our modern day church. A lot of the thing kind of appeals more to an effeminate guy. But I think part of the thing as well is I think pastors are cowardly and I think they're afraid. One way that you and I, as members of churches, not the lead pastors of churches, can affect that though, is I tell people all the time, if you want your pastor to talk about abortion and you want them to talk about uh, that in your community or something like that, they're probably afraid that if they do an entire sermon or an entire sermon series on the subject of abortion, that they're going to offend the women in the crowd that have gotten abortions because 100% there will be women in the crowd that have gotten abortions. They're going to offend the men that stood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The the men that stood by and or actively paid for or drove the woman to and from the, the, you know, the procedure uh, where they paid an assassin to murder their baby. You know, they're, they're, they're afraid of that. So you go to your pastor and you say, Hey, pastor, I just want to tell you, I love you. I support you. Um, I want you to talk about abortion. I want you to, to talk about it in a bold, you know, Peter and Paul type way. And if slings and arrows come your way, I will step in front of them and take them for you. And then you have another guy at the church, go and have that same conversation with them and say, pastor, I got your back pastor. If you want to talk about critical race theory and maybe piss some people off in the congregation, I got your back pastor. If you want to, you want to go into the subject and talk about transgenderism. Hey, pastor, if you want to talk about homosexuality, Hey pastor, if you want to talk about these things that may eventually get you arrested in this country, I'm I'm going to be recording a podcast this week about that. You know, what's going on in Canada and France and the UK, and even in the United States with banning of so-called conversion therapy and all those different things, pastor, if you're going to talk about those things, I got your back. And if two, three, four dozen guys, go to the pastor and have the same conversation. Can we assume that it might embolden that man to step out on a limb and do things that equip men with the biblical truths to where they can push back darkness in the culture in those particular areas? That's good. Assuming the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is no. Maybe the guy's an ideologue and he's just not going to go there. Maybe you don't have enough guys in your church that are willing to step up. It's contextual to everyone's situation, but you do have a hand in that. So if your church is not doing the right things, if they're not equipping people in the right way, the church is not a staff of people. The church is yeah. not a building, you know, where, where they don't pay taxes on it. it the, the church is a body. The church is a people. You are a member. If you want to see change, change. Yeah. And and for the guys listening, I, I want you to ask yourself real quick, how equipped do you feel to answer some of the, the tough questions that the culture is asking right now? You know, how equipped do you feel to come face to face with darkness? Like Kyle's explaining here and stand staring at it with a plum stand firm in your faith and and say, no, this is the line. If you cross this thing, I will come after you. Me, I will bear all of my firepower on you. Right now, if the answer is not so equipped, right? Like my church attendance is through the roof. I don't go to church once a week. I go there for, you know, prayer group and Bible study. I'm at church at least three days a week, but you're not pushing back darkness. I want you to pay attention. Maybe go back for the last 10 minutes and and re-listen. And Kyle here is not pointing at the church and poking at it and poking at it and putting it down, right? What he's actually doing is really pointing to a deficit that there is here with this culture of like, Hey, I just don't want to offend anybody. Uh, Cause really this is what our pastors are going through. And one of my, one of my best friends um, is a pastor of a growing church. Right. So and I, I hear this, 
Like, I don't want to put myself in this situation where I'm going to lose a small amount of people that I have there, or I'm going to offend somebody. And by the way, get another letter like I did for the last few months of people telling me a five point paper of why they're leaving my church. Right. Yeah. And, and, and all because why? Because I'm actually speaking with boldness and truth. And that's not but, really happening because we're scared of it. Well, we were scared of it, but also here's the thing, Ray, is when we go before God, we are not going to have to give an account after we die of how our church attendance was yeah. or, you know, how, how the church operated and all those different things. But that pastor is that yeah. lead pastor is going to have to go before God and give an account for how he shepherded the flock. Yeah. Right. And so uh, that should scare the death out of these pastors, right? Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. It should absolutely scare them to death because if they're not able to, if they're not equipping the people around them to be able to go out and make disciples, if they're not discipling them well, if they're not exegeting the scripture properly, all those things, that's that's a problem for them, not a problem for me as a consumer of the church. Yeah. Well, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, recent experience had somebody that we invited to church and uh, we were excited because, you know, they asked us to come to our church. So I'm like, Hey, that this is great. You know, the, work, the Lord's working. Um, and after the church service, we kind of just asked some questions. what do you guys think? It's like, uh, you know, it was really good. You really like the worship and everything, but it's just like, I don't see how this applies to me. Like, I just, I didn't get the application. Like, I want to know like how I can take this back and apply it at home. I'm like, bro, we were just talking about one of the most applicational things that you can take, right? We're talking about Jesus right now. And it just was packaged in a way where it wasn't, you know, the one, two, threes to, you know, marriage, you know, healthy marriage or the five steps to making more money this year. I'm sorry that the church is not entertaining you and putting on a show, but they're actually giving you the truth that you need to hear. Part of the issue, Ray, is that's what churches are trying to do though. Churches are trying to be like culture. Right. Yes. Now, like, yes. The thing is, is I used to go to this church. Uh, I call it Skittles church now for over 10 years where <laughs> that's where we got our Skittles. You went and you heard a good band. There was a nice little thing I've already talked about. Nice, quick sermon. You're in and out in an hour. It's Skittles, yeah. baby. They taste good. But by the time you leave the parking lot, you're hungry again. Right. Ooh, so wow. a lot of people don't like these churches that are serving prime rib. They don't like ribeyes. They don't like elk steak. Like they're mm. just like, Ooh, this is too much. This is too much to chew on. This is requiring something of me. Yes. People don't want to do that. Ray. They want to check the box, brother. They want to go in and say, I am a good person. You know how I know went to church this morning. Suck it world. I'm a great person, <laughs> right? That's what people want. And also yeah. they want the application. You know why? Cause everything is a revolving around self in this yeah. modern culture. The self is above all. And when you go to church, if church seems like it's about you, it's probably not the right church. If the Bible seems like it's telling your story, you're probably not reading it right. (laughs) The Bible is not about you. The church is not for you. The church is for God and God's glory. The Bible is not to describe you are not David and the David and Goliath story. You're, you're yeah. not that like you're, you're not <laughs> Nehemiah in Nehemiah. You're not these people. All these people yeah. are part of the story that tells the single narrative, which is if you do not have the blood of Christ covering you, you are going to serve eternal damnation and hell. That's the story. Everything is about God's power and sovereignty and glory. It's not about you. So right. leave, leave the five steps to being a better Christian this year stuff at the door, you know, yeah. leave that up to the podcasters, you know, the, the ways to avoid being a crappy man in 2022. But if you're a pastor yes. leading your flock, if you're going there trying to 
learn under the tutelage of a lead passer or something like that. And you keep just getting life lessons that you could have gotten from some whack John Maxwell book. Sorry. You need to look somewhere else. Yeah. Which by the way, uh, if you guys have not gone over to Kyle's podcast on undaunted life and listen to the ways not to be a crappy Christian <laughs> in uh, yeah, 2022, the, the ways you need to, to do that. To, to ways avoid. to avoid being a, a uh, crappy man in 2022. Uh, yes. I, I took a year off of that, but that's a kind of a every beginning of the year series, you know, beginning of January when people are pretending like they're going to change their lives, you know, it's kind of, I want to, I want to get them and give them some advice from that as well. Yeah, that was solid. Uh, I think the third one was don't be late. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you can go back and re-listen to it. I need to you know, it's just, to it. Yeah, it's just, just a reminder. Just a reminder. Overwhelming yourself. majority of the time. So yeah, overwhelming majority of the time, you should not be late. But when we have one encounter and I'm late, that's 100% of the time. So Yeah. So if, if you were a major league baseball player and you got one at bat, your batting average for your career is zero, my friend. <laughs> well, Kyle, I hope that the next time I could redeem myself and at least be at 50, right? We so will see. Uh, we will 500, see. we'll see. Hey, if guys want to get connected with you, where do they go? Where do you want to send them? Yeah. You go to undaunted.life. That's our website. So www.undaunted.life anywhere where you get your podcast, it's just undaunted life, a man's podcast. So that's on, you know, Google podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, YouTube, all those different places. Um, and on our website, you can get to our socials, but also we have devotionals as well. We have three devotionals on the Version Bible app, including an audio devotional that we released last year called how to build a godly and manly foxhole. So that's how to build a group of people around you, a group of men around you that are going to support you in your journey on, you know, to equip yourself to be spiritually, mentally, and physically resilient on a daily basis. So those are the best places for people to connect with us. And on our webpage, just so everybody knows, we don't sell anything. We give away our podcasts for free. We give away our devotionals for free. I mean, we have t-shirts that, you know, we make like two or three bucks on or something like that. But the only way that we're able to be supported as a ministry is through donations. And so we have donors that kind of get on our site. They do a one-time donation or they'll do, you know, a monthly donation because it's like, look, I'm spending 50 bucks a month at the cigar shop or hundred bucks a month at the golf pro shop or something like that. And they're peeling off parts of their budget to give to us because, we are equipping men to push back darkness and there's not anyone else doing it our way. There's plenty of podcasts where guys will scream at you about, you need to be, need to be a better man, but they're not Christians. And there's plenty of Christian podcasts that are telling you guys, Hey, you know, here's this very vague Greek word that I want to talk about for the next four weeks, but they're not telling you how to be a better man and how to push back darkness in your community. So if you want to support ministries that are actually doing that, we would like you to consider supporting us as well. But that is my shameless commercial, but the commercial is now over. Gentlemen, you heard it there. Undaunted Life Podcast. Head over there, undaunted.life if you want to head to the website. Until next time, continue to march.